From The Cut and Gimlet Media, this is The Cut on Tuesdays. I'm your host, Molly Fisher. The Cut eats a lot. There's room for nuance when it comes to many things in our editorial philosophy. But on this point, we are unambiguous. Food is good. Often, around the office, that means we're scavenging bites off free cake that some editor got in the mail, eating frosting with our hands like disgusting children. Sometimes, however, we try to be civilized. And when that happens, we throw dinner parties. The great dinner party fantasy is something like this. You know how to make people feel comfortable and satisfied, indulged and entertained, all without breaking a sweat. You can just invite people into your home and casually throw together an experience that makes them feel both like you're caring for them and like you're winning somehow. A dinner party says, I know how to live. So we have all watched with great interest as our friend and colleague, Maddie Agler, has tried to locate her inner domestic goddess. Maddie can't cook, but she writes a column about trying. Over Easy is billed as a food column by a 20-something woman who can barely cook an egg and just wants to learn how to throw together an elegant three-course meal for her friends. It's been both inspiring and alarming to follow Maddie on this quest. Along the way, she's made some pretty respectable potato salad, some actually quite tasty beef bourguignon, marshmallow peeps that looked like demons, and one truly repellent meatloaf. For the 420 edition of Over Easy, I wanted to make something that was weed-infused, but fancier than brownies. So I decided to make weed-infused cacio e pepe, the pasta. And I spoke to this weed chef in California because I was like, I need an expert to weigh in on this. And um, I misunderstood after speaking to her the dosing. And instead of doing one teaspoon of weed butter per person, I did one tablespoon. We ate a lot, and that was a Friday night. None of us were okay until Monday. (laughs) Maddie's been writing the column for almost a year now, and she's learned a lot. Because she generally no longer poisons people, we at The Cut decided the time had come to give her a test. So this episode will be a competition. It will be Maddie versus Maddie's instincts. And Maddie versus the clock as she races to throw a dinner party for some of the cut's most judgmental and food-loving staffers. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, brother. Oh, boy. Oh, no! Fuck! There doesn't seem to be a plan. It looks a little... I'm scared. She poisoned me. Doesn't taste that good. Like a thin sponge dipped in an egg wash? (laughs) I'm so sad that everyone's gonna see that. (laughs) Here was our plan. Maddie was to show up at the Cut on Tuesday's test kitchen at noon. Her guests would arrive at 5.30. She would make a three-course meal with no idea what she was making until the day of the party. We were going to give her three recipes she had never cooked before, barely enough time to cook them, and no chance to Google them. At 12 noon, we started the clock. No sign of Maddie. 12.15. Still, no Maddie. I am late for absolutely everything, so I hesitate to judge anyone else on this front. 
But it was a little unclear whether Maddie truly grasped the urgency of the situation. Oh, my God, she's here. Hello. Hello, Maddie. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to your dinner party. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. You're, we're already behind. Oh, you God. Like, you, you were late. I know. <laughs> Uber's canceled on me. I even checked my rating. It's still five stars. <laughs> In my temporary capacity as a reality cooking show host, I must ask, would Maddie be able to recover from this setback? We got her into the kitchen and told her what she'd be making. We had asked three of our favorite food experts to recommend recipes that would challenge a beginning home cook, but not necessarily totally defeat her. For the first course, an intimidating appetizer. Chicken liver mousse, courtesy of Angela Dimayuga, the creative director of food and culture at Standard Hotels. Oh my God, I've never made a mousse. Well, what a journey. That will be different yeah. three hours from now. For the second course, something reasonably simple. Buttermilk roast chicken. Courtesy of Samin Nosrat, host and author of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Oh my We've God. We've got the chicken soaking for you. Do you want to see the chickens? Yes. This is our gift to you. <gasps> what beautiful <laughs> soaked birds. <laughs> Nothing like a milky raw chicken yeah. to get you Just hungry for the raw day. meat. Also, some roast vegetables and agrodolce, which were also from Samin. Roast vegetables have traditionally not been Maddie's friend. And that would not be changing today. Finally, for dessert, something we knew would freak Maddie out. A baking challenge that demanded precision and judgment she did not believe herself to possess. Cream puffs, courtesy of Carla Lolly Music, food director of Bon Appetit. Ugh, damn dough. Knew this was going to come up. Um, I hate dough. I feel like <laughs> dough needs so much. And that wasn't a pun. I didn't intend it to be. I'm sorry. It was. And this was exactly where our day had to begin, with the cream puffs. We'd be confronting Maddie's great enemy, dough. But first, we would turn on the oven. Is this? Yes. No. As Maddie attempted to fire up the oven, we had a trick up our sleeves. In just a few hours, an elite team of food experts the three women who had recommended the day's recipes would be swooping in to save Maddie from herself. For now, though, she was on her own. And then start? Oven successfully on, Maddie embarked upon her mission. She was beginning to recognize the scale of the undertaking and the additional challenge that would come with cooking in front of an audience. Have you washed your hands yet? No. Like, normally when I'm at home, I'm very flustered and, like, running around my kitchen, but it's my private shame. These cream puffs were a sort of coming-of-age moment for Maddie. It was her first experience with a stand mixer, as quickly became apparent. How do I get it in around the well, thing? Okay, so you can remove that. Oh. Still Don't, turn it off! Don't stick your hands in the moving mixer! <laughs> Maddie managed not to maim herself with the KitchenAid and piped the dough into 12 fairly round piles. There was nothing to do but get them into the oven. So I'm only getting 12, and the recipe says I should be able to get 16. Um, Their shapes are wildly varied. I feel kind of like we're on the Great British Bake Off. I feel extremely like that. And I'd be like, oh, I really stepped in it. Paul Hollywood's going to be like, these didn't rise. (laughs) The 
fake is not good. Dough, man. <laughs> Dough. Threw me off. This is constantly, dough undermines me at every turn. <laughs> And this had been the case for years, Maddie reflected. Her unhappy history with baked goods stretched back to childhood, as her mother can attest. For her birthday one year, when I think I was in about sixth grade, I tried to make her macarons, because they're like her favorite thing. And it was just me and my friend after school one day, and like one thing led to another, and there was just like macarons all over the kitchen. Like a carpet was ruined. Like she came home to just a house in disaster. And I was like, happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, please never try to do something nice for me again. It was time to check in on the puffs. The timer is going off for the cream puffs. Oof. How do they oh look? Oh my what god, they're puffy! Wow, they look like puffs. Yeah. Um, excellent. And I'm taking the first pan out. I got says, the cooling rack. Puffs will deflate if moved removed from the oven before fully baked. Transfer deep golden brown all over. Is oh, what they you are want. definitely a deep golden brown, I would say. Those might be a yeah. lighter deep golden brown. The puffs emerged from the oven, buoyant. Beautiful, golden, more or less. This moment of triumph was fleeting. Oh no! Fuck! <laughs> they fell so hard. <laughs> they looked so good for a minute. I thought we had done it. I was like so happy. Oh my god! And this isn't like a casual fall. This no, is like, like <laughs> this is like their souls broke. <laughs> like no. Oh, man, I knew this was going to be... Look at that one. Like, come on. (laughs) These two didn't even try. These puffs are the bane of my existence. (laughs) We were now at T minus 3.5 hours. There was no choice but to move on. A lot of livers sat wetly in a bowl. The chickens, in their bags of buttermilk, were untouched. Before she could turn her attention to the meats, Maddie had to face another hated foe. Roast vegetables. I've had enormous trouble roasting vegetables before um, because I think because I didn't control the heat well enough. And so, like, half of them were burnt and then, like, half were raw, basically. Um, I trust myself zero percent. Um, yeah, I just don't really trust myself in the kitchen. And I think that's the thing is like I just sort of get in my own head and then I like question things and end up doing something that doesn't make sense um, because I feel like my instincts are wrong. Have you considered not doing that? Like have you considered trying to trust yourself more? Yeah, but to revisit the puffs, my initial instinct was like quite off. (laughs) So like there's data to support me not trusting myself. At this moment, with Maddie deep in self-doubt, the women behind our menu, our team of experts, arrived on the scene. To Maddie's great joy, gratitude, and shame. They're here! (laughs) Maddie met Samin earlier this year at her home in Berkeley, where they made big BLTs with homemade mayonnaise and late summer tomatoes. When Samin walked in the door now, she was like the ghost of good foods past. A joyous reminder that things didn't have to be this way. 
With Samin were fellow cut heroes Angela DiMayuga and Carla Lolly Music. And because I am not Maddie and I was not responsible for cooking anything, this is the part of the day where I started to feel great about how things were going. Getting to listen to these three women talk food was an extremely pleasant way to spend a Wednesday afternoon. Maddie, meanwhile, had a dinner to serve. Samin took in the scene. I see a lot of good things happening. Things are happening. That is a great way to put it. <laughs> things are happening. But I also see a lot of bad things happening. Is yeah. that crowded? <laughs> yeah. If you've watched her Netflix series, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, you probably think of Samin Nosrat as a warm, encouraging, enthusiastic presence in the kitchen. And she is all those things. But she is also honest. Very honest. Entering the kitchen, her eye was immediately drawn to Maddie's current source of dread. A tray of raw onions and cauliflower. Salted, oiled, mixed together, and waiting on a baking sheet. Also, have you already salted it? Yes. That's a problem. <gasps> Samin had, at this point, been in the kitchen for three minutes and 11 seconds. Why? Well, how long has it been sitting here? A while? A while. So, oh, an hour? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. First of all, there's way too much stuff on this if you want it to brown. Okay. Secondly, when you salt something that has big watery cells like an onion, it pulls the water out. And so you've created, like, perfect steaming conditions. And then you also did my number one cardinal rule breaking, which is to combine two things of, like, completely different qualities on the same pan. So, like... It's just, it's going to turn into soup. The arrival of experts was both reassuring and terrifying. They could help, but they could also see exactly how much help Maddie needed. Samin swiftly diagnosed the greater problem at hand. At T-minus two hours, Maddie had neglected something that probably should have happened as soon as she arrived. Okay, can I just tell you, more than anything else, I'm having really intense anxiety because there doesn't yes. seem to be a plan. And also, there's just so much going on at the same time. So I think before we do anything else, we should get a piece of paper yes. and a pen and make a plan, timing, calendar for ourselves. Yes. And yes. also maybe clean up. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sink was full of mixing bowls. The blender was on the floor. A tea kettle, for some reason, was in the microwave. We had 12 unpuffed puffs, two trays of roasting vegetables that were actually steaming, and one tray of unroasted vegetables prepared all wrong. A plan sounded good, but with two hours until guests arrived, was Maddie past the point of a plan? Coming up, a plan is made. What um, time are people coming over? What time are people coming over? <laughs> Welcome back. To recap the cut on Tuesday's cooking special so far. Three courses, three chefs, one Maddie. I trust myself 0%. Oh, no. Fuck. <laughs> I fell so hard. <laughs> Before we do anything else, we should get a piece of paper and make a plan for ourselves. We had two hours until guests arrived. And the next thing we needed to prepare was unlike anything Maddie had ever made before, a chicken liver mousse. But this time, in contrast to the cream puffs, Maddie was going to have help. My name's Angela DiMayuga. I'm the creative director for food and culture at Standard Hotels. 
The dish that I recommended today is um, chicken liver mousse. This is like very easy to put together. It's kind of like building a smoothie. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Meat smoothie. A meat smoothie. Yeah. And so, Angela guesses that she's made about 15,000 of these mousses in her life. This dish in particular was something that I really loved as a young cook. It was my first experience cooking with things like chicken liver and foie gras. And I grew up not eating any of these things in a Filipino household. So when I started line cooking, that was my first experience with foods that are traditionally French, but also were very like much staples at the restaurant that I worked at, Vinegar Hill House. Egg, salt, and then our spices. Um, two eggs. Am I supposed to be doing this or are you supposed to be doing this? Am I supposed to be telling you what to I do? I feel like, yeah, I think you're supposed to be guiding me, but okay, I was like... Okay, crack this egg. <laughs> I was Stop like, yeah. messing around and crack that egg. <laughs> I was like, oh, you seem so confident and great. Um, <laughs> you can too. I'm all... here now. Okay. Okay, Got so the eggs. There's room for error, but it also could be something that you just dial in that you can just whip out in a short period of time if you're prepping a lot of different things for a dinner party. Is that the really fine salt? Do we so want, oh, if, we yeah, so have... if you have kosher, that's better. Malden is too big. Mm. This is like actually key for if anyone's making this at home. If you have weird, like different types of salt, mm. I think usually when you see these recipes, they're based off of kosher, which is like a flat flake. So if we're gonna use that salt, then you go, you use less. So let's start with, we'll just do half. Man. Okay, let's maybe kick up the speed a little bit oh, on there. Yeah. yeah, just a little bit. Oh. Yeah. Not too fast. Okay, let's chill. Yep, oh. there we go. Cool. It looks a little... I'm scared. Okay, oh, that's no. good. That's good. Maddie and Angela peered into the blender. Angela looked curious. Not necessarily in a good way. I think because the butter was kind of cold mm-hmm. and not warm, that's why it's, it's seized up a little bit. Our meat smoothie was looking kind of separated and lumpy, which is exactly as appetizing as it sounds. If you're cooking at home and clinging to a recipe for dear life, this is the point at which things would probably go off the rails. But thank God we were not. Like a team of meat smoothie superheroes, the professionals sprang into action. I have a, I have a, I have an idea. Why don't you blend, why don't you do, why don't you do those four? You could make a quick, like, water bath. And just warm it up Reheat this whole situation. Yeah. And keep blending it to get the texture Like, let's let it sit in um, a warm water bath and then we do something else. We put the mousse in a bowl and put the bowl in a bigger bowl of warm water. That warmed the butter in the mousse back up. Then the mousse went back in the blender. Maddie and Angela mixed until it was a velvety bubblegum pink meat smoothie that could be poured into jars and baked. The mousse was saved. But Maddie's next challenge awaited. Those vegetables that had troubled Samin when she first walked into the kitchen. Maddie pulled a batch out of the oven and gave Samin a taste. Um, let's taste this. I tasted it a couple times. It was what's a... <laughs> what's wrong? Mm. Doesn't taste that good. No, it, it just tastes okay. It, you know what it tastes like? Whole Foods, hot bar, roasted vegetables. Yeah, oh, that's exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which is fine. Like I I eat a Whole Foods hot bar all the time, yeah. but I don't go there expecting like deliciousness. Mm-hmm. I'm just like this is gonna like get, get some vegetables to fortify me. Right. But you want more deliciousness. I want deliciousness. And I think we're gonna get that when we um, cook these further. Okay. Samin started running the show. She told Maddie to sort the vegetables, onions on one tray, cauliflower on another, and to space them out and to put them directly on the metal of the pan instead of on a piece of parchment. And then they went back in the oven to give them a chance to brown. Then it was on to the main course. We had about an hour until guests would arrive. 
Maddie was well into the sweaty terror phase of dinner party preparation. Her cheeks flushed, her hair falling in her face. Fortunately, though, we'd arrived at one of the day's easiest projects, the entree. I suggested to Maddie that she make the buttermilk roasted chicken. So I want you to channel your bravest self, (laughs) and you're going to be fine. And this chicken, to be honest, it's kind of hard to overcook. So the buttermilk chicken's super significant to me in my culinary career because um, I thought a lot about how in Iranian cooking, we do a lot of yogurt marinated chicken, and I started to do that, but the yogurt that we used was really, really expensive, and it felt like a waste on a, on a like professional kitchen level to put all this yogurt on chicken and then throw it away. So I was like, oh, well, this is sour dairy. Let me use another kind of sour dairy buttermilk, which is a lot less expensive. And and it ended up being so perfect because the chicken's brown in this extraordinary way. And it's just so delicious and sort of like gives you this incredibly lacquered skin on the chicken and is tender. The acid tenderizes the meat and it's just the moistest thing. It's really forgiving. I think it's great for beginning cooks and it's just, it's an extraordinary recipe. Yeah, I'm really proud of it. So we're just going to throw the chicken in and I want you to throw throw it in with the, yes, exactly, with the feet toward the back and push it as far back as you can. Excellent. Okay. All right. And you don't switch to breast back at any point? No. Breast always dries out and legs is always like, could use some more time to, because like falling off the bone is your goal for legs. Okay. And breast is always the, the chaos of the early afternoon had been largely reined in. The chicken was in the oven. The vegetables had successfully browned. But one more issue remained to be addressed. The cream puffs. These, you'll recall, had been the recommendation of Carla Lolly Music from Bon Appetit. She'd had a specific and thoughtful reason for choosing them. What I want Maddie to learn from making cream puffs is how easy the patachou dough really is to make. So something that you tackle for the first time and you think it's going to be really tough and then you learn how easy it is and you can bake with it for the rest of your life. That was the theory. The reality was hiding under a dish towel in the corner. Um, And then ended up only making 12 and then one turned out really okay. (laughs) So bit of a cream ploof. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, the puff part of the cream puff didn't happen because maybe the batter was a little too loose. They were also underbaked, so they were still moist inside, so the flour hadn't made this, like, good architecture mm-hmm. for holding them up. Um, so you can see where the air pocket, like, would have been. <laughs> um, um, they're cold now. They're kind of smushy. They're very eggy. So it's kind of like a um, like a thin sponge dipped in an egg wash. That's like the feeling that I'm getting. Um, or like a like French toast before you put it in the pan. You know. At this point, we all looked at Carla and the chefs to see what they would suggest. Surely they'd find a way to salvage the puffs, the same way they'd helped Maddie save the mousse and the vegetables. And there was a minute there when they were all tossing around possible uses for fallen cream puffs. What if we tore them up, mixed them with a bunch of butter and cinnamon and sugar, and tried to make something that tasted like a churro? What about cream puff bread pudding? Instead, we learned another valuable kitchen lesson. When to give up. I would just say, you know, I tried to make cream puffs and it didn't work out. 
Yeah. But That's I think true. knowing that they're not perfect is and deciding not to serve them is a smart hostess thing to do as opposed right. to forcing. I tried it. I can salvage a couple of these and I'm going to do it anyway and then everybody will just look at you and be like, "Yeah, you they're not yeah. They taste bad. I'm, yeah, cut, cut my losses. Can be like, look at what you don't have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I think you we would have whipped cream and berries for dessert. Like, what do you kind of need to do to pull off a dinner party successfully if you're an inexperienced chef? Choose things that can be done in advance mm-hmm. and things that can be served room temperature mm-hmm. and things that won't compete for oven or stove space. Yeah. I think we broke one of the cardinal rules of entertaining by the whole premise of this dinner party, yes. which is we gave her recipes she's never made before. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you're cooking for friends is not a time to go on a maiden voyage yeah. with yeah. like. <laughs> also, once you're grooving and you have, you're, you know, say you're, everything's fine and you're cooking. You also need to give yourself some time to chill out and hang out with your friends. I remember very few Mm. meals, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I remember so many conversations Mm -hmm. or like things that went wrong that are funny and silly. And so if that's if you kind of can like have the perspective of remembering that the silliness and the mistakes and the chance are kind of the best part of the whole thing. And the food barely even matters. Like, (laughs) yeah, maybe you won't stress out as much. Maybe I won't stress as much for Maddie. Well, that's great because Maddie's serving whipped cream for dessert tonight. (laughs) Wait, there's actually a, she's actually cooking for people tonight? Yeah, there's actual people coming in 40 minutes. Oh my God, I had no idea. There's humans coming in 40 minutes. Okay, we're staying in here. Their work complete. Carla, Angela, and Samin left. I I believe in you. Now I really need text updates. Yes, okay. (laughs) Yeah. By the dessert course, everybody should be pretty leaned back. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So just like (laughs) lean into leaning back. (laughs) That's what I would say. Bye, everybody. I love you. Thank you so much. Happy Sam. Bye. Maddie turned her attention to the final details. Arranging cheese plates, setting the table, finding an ice bucket for the Prosecco. And then it was T-minus zero. We waited for the doorbell to ring. Fifteen minutes later, we were still waiting. T-plus 45 minutes. Still no guests. And you know what? This is self-serving, but I think it's a kindness to be at least a little late to a dinner party. No host is ever sorry for a bonus ten minutes. Granted, Maddie's guests were about an hour late, but at least there was a certain symmetry with the way the day began. Welcome. Hello. Come in, come in. You're so late. No <laughs> worries. Come in. Adventure on the Williamsburg Bridge. As For dinner, we had invited three cut staffers who all knew food and all knew Maddie's food. Diana Sue. Definitely sampled some of her recipes. Some are more successful than others. Allison P. Davis. Uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but people do call me the Black Ina Garten, so, or the Black Martha Stewart. So Blartha Bleward or Blina Blarton <laughs> are my two nicknames. I, like, love hosting. So Maddie doesn't have it easy tonight. I'm judging her a little bit. And Amanda Arnold. She poisoned me. I'm the person that Maddie made stoned for three days. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't think anything could ever be as bad as that. I'm just hoping I don't get, like, salmonella. 
Sometimes it hits its mark. Sometimes it fails. I have not eaten beforehand. Should I have eaten beforehand? (laughs) I just know that there's a good pizza place around the corner in case of emergency. Everyone circled the cheese plate. Allison made martinis. Suspense was in the air. Maddie introduced the first course sitting before us. Small jars of the baked mousse topped with toasted pistachios, along with crusty bread, Dijon mustard, and sweet braised onions. So? I'm surprised. I like, literally would never make this myself. Yeah. The flavor is good. <laughs> the texture is like, still a little gritty mm. for like liver. A little. This is good. You're right, it's a little gritty, but this, like, the dinosaur, the flavor is excellent. I'm actually very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) So the mousse was slightly grainy, but whatever, the flavor was great. Everyone was impressed. Which was good, because the chicken took longer than expected to cook through. Maddie let the bird rest, just like Samin told her to, and got Diana to help her carve. Oh, my God. I see my leg. Okay. Oh, oh, damn. You okay. See I yeah. see my leg. That glistening one this on the end there, yeah. Just, just use your hands. Yeah. I'm taking off my ring. Delish. So good. The breast is super flavorful. Yeah. Maddie, you fucking killed it. Oh, yeah. oh my God. This leg is so good. Mm-hmm. Or gas. It's so good. Chicken. I think this is the best roast chicken. Oh, my God. I fell off the bone. She was like, the dark meat should fall off the bone. It fell off the bone. That's perfect. (laughs) Samin, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, we promised we would text her updates. Samin, this chicken bops. (laughs) (laughs) Shit is falling off the bone. Fantastic job, Maddie. (sighs) Yeah, really great. This is the best. I love compliments. (laughs) The chicken was a hit. So were Allison's martinis. This was what the whole day had been for. Getting everybody drunk enough and full enough that they'd sit around for hours showing each other pictures of the bangs we had in 2008. Nobody cared that there wasn't a real dessert. We were all, to use Carla's words, pretty leaned back at that point. The party had worked. With the help of several trained professionals, Maddie had done it. Aside from cooking, Maddie, I feel like you were a really lovely hostess yeah, and everyone yeah, had a really lovely time. And that's what's the most important. Like, everyone had fun. To Maddie. To Maddie. Oh, to Maddie. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for this week's show. Here, I can this I way. have a really important question. I see you next Tuesday at the end. Yes. Is that what I think it is? Absolutely. That was the first thing we decided about the show. (laughs) We are taking two weeks off. We'll see you next year. Cut on Tuesdays is produced by Sarah McVie, Olivia Natt, and Peter Bresnan. Our senior producer is Kimmy Regler. We're edited by Stella Bugby, Nazanin Rafsanjani, and Alex Bloomberg, who advised us, don't be afraid to dive deep into the puffs. Music is by Haley Shaw and Bobby Lord. Mixing and sound designer by Haley Shaw. We had more audio engineering help from Zach Schmidt, Keegan Zemma, and Will Rowan. Our theme song is Play It Right by Amelia Meath, Nick Sanborn, Molly Sarlay, and Alexandra sauser Special thanks to Lindsay Rutowski, Georgia Clark, Amanda Arnold, Allison Davis, Diana Sue, Vanessa Santos, Nikki Spilka, and Pete Kilpin. 
The Cut on Tuesdays is a production of Gimlet Media and The Cut.